your sound. This is the sound of Universal Broadcasting Network at UBNRadio.com. This is One on One with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is One on One with Jasper Cole. All right. Howdy, 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 and welcome to One on One with Jasper Cole. This would be me, Mr. Jasper Cole. We are live today from Sunset Gower Studios right here in Hollywood, California. And when we give a shout out to, I've got both my producers here today. First of all, John Williams. Hey, hey, hey. And Dominic Friesen. What's going on? Hey, how, how are you ladies? I'm sorry. How are you guys? <laughs> it's Good. weird to have both of you here. Well, actually, that we're all three here together at the same time. That's, that's, that, has know, that right? happened yet? I don't think so. So no. far, we're excited about our guests. We're very excited about yeah. our guests. Yes, we today we're gonna uh, in the second half when we have a wonderful comedian, actor, host, writer, producer J. Anthony Brown, and he really does do it all, doesn't he, J. W. Yeah, he does. my God, he's got his own product line. Yeah. Most people know him for the last ten years. He's Tom Joyner's uh, sidekick, morning co-host on the Tom Joyner Show, and he's a veteran comedian of like over thirty years. Award winning. Award winning. And he's got his new, his own new uh, show on the weekends on iHeartRadio, I and it's syndicated right now in 12 cities. But we're going to have him tell us all about that. And uh, he got his break on the Arsenio Hall show, and he's truly, truly one of the original kings of comedy. I think even pre the kings of comedy that went on to be called the kings of comedy. He has his own nightclub, his own club called the J-Spot Club in uh, Los Angeles. So really, really honored to have him on. It's weird because he's... You know, he's a host, so we're going to have to be on our P's and Q's here, and uh, <laughs> he's used to being on the other side. So yeah. that's coming up right after the break. But um, I'll remind everyone to please follow us on Twitter at one-on-one J. Cole, and, of course, Facebook, one-on-one Jasper Cole. And you can go to my website, jaspercole.com. And um, before we get to our guest today, I wanted to uh, talk about my dear friend uh, Michelle Fontaine, who passed away on June 29th. She was an amazing singer and a songwriter, and we actually uh, have known each other for almost 30 years. The The play that I uh, co-wrote and co-starred in called Willow Springs Now that originally brought me to Los Angeles um, actually met Mickey in Atlanta, Georgia. We called her Mickey. Um, when we first cast Willow Springs Now, she came to the auditions. I think she was 17 years old and just an amazing spirit and we met then and she did the uh, the play with us in Atlanta and then eventually she also moved to California around the same time that Becky Kennedy and myself did and um went on to do the show with us out here and then she started her music career and we remounted the show again in 1996 and she re- reprised her role of uh, Paulette the Critic. So, unfortunately, she lost her battle with uh, ovarian and pancreatic, I'm sorry, uh, colon cancer at the age of only 47. But today it would have been and is her 48th birthday. So we say a big happy birthday to Michelle. And, in fact, her memorial service um, is going on right now down in Newport Beach. And they're going to go out onto a boat and scatter the ashes because she was a huge uh, fan of the ocean and of beach. So... Um, Mickey, this is for you. We love you and we miss you. And we know we're going to see you again really, really soon. And when we go to break, uh, we're going to play some of Mickey's music or Michelle Fontaine's music. And always check out her website, uh, michellefontaine.com, because that will live on as will her music. So 
Let's listen to the music, and when we come back, we're going to lighten things up with the wonderful Mr. J. Anthony Brown. You're listening to One on One with Jasper Cole. We'll be right back.
You're back one-on-one with Jasper Cole. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And welcome back to one-on-one with Jasper Cole. And here we are another Wednesday. Be sure and check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and my website. And uh, we are so honored and happy to be joined by our special guest today. Do we have him on the line? Yes, we do. (laughs) Hey, Mr. J. Anthony Brown. Hey, buddy. How are you? Well, thank you, guys. Uh, listen, I feel the, I feel the pressure here. You're the veteran host, and I'm you're, you're now on the other side. You're probably not used to being on the other side as much with the questions coming in. No, you. not just, not not that much. I'm usually we're talking to people in the morning and stuff like that. So yeah, well, but it's cool. It all works out. It works. Well, congrats on everything. I swear to God, you're more Jamaican than I am. You've got more jobs than anybody I've ever seen. I was looking at your. I'm trying to eat. You just, you know me. I'm a money whore too. I figure just chase a dollar, right? We got to stay. We got to keep the money coming. Hello. Oh. Can you hold one minute? Oh yeah, go ahead, buddy. No problem. No, it's yeah. I was just we're we're talking to Jay Anthony Brown, veteran uh, radio host and comedian and actor, and I was just saying to him, he is the busiest guy in show business. I mean, it's amazing. I was looking at all the stuff he has between, besides the uh, the morning show, he's got his own weekend show. He's got his comedy club, his comedy tour. So, uh, are okay, you? Okay, I'm back. There I, you know, I'm getting tired of listening to all the stuff you say I'm supposed to be doing. So now, <laughs> now I'm on. <laughs> you got your own line of hot sauces and products and everything going on. That's amazing. Uh, I think I'm doing too much. You know, <laughs> time to time to kick back a little. Yeah, it might be. It might be. You know, as you get older, you might just battle. I'm gonna take a break. Yeah. But you know, all the things I'm doing are things I love to do. Right. It kind of works out. You know, when you're doing stuff you like doing, it doesn't seem like it's work. That's right. In terms, the only the only problem is it kind of one thing gets in the way of the other. Oh, shucks, I wanted to do that. Oh, shucks, I wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, it doesn't it doesn't feel like work. Well, I see that we're both Southerners. Um, I'm originally from Georgia, and you're from South Carolina, right? I'm from uh, Columbia, South Carolina, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Athens, Georgia. To, uh, oh, man, Athens is a big party town. <laughs> UGA, go Bulldogs. <laughs> I got those students down there that, that party nonstop down in Athens. Yeah. And like, I, I, go to, I go down there and perform, so yeah, I love Athens. I've been and so you made your move to Atlanta is and started your comedy career there, right? Yeah, well actually it's just kinda you know, things just happened for a reason. I started I left uh Columbia, South Carolina to go to Atlanta. I was gonna be a fashion designer. Mm-hmm. I mean I was a tailor, I started to tailoring school and the next step was to go to fashion designing school. So I I heard they had the school in Atlanta. And I get accepted to the school and I had a grant and everything and I told to register the first day of registration and my grant is like short it's like short 300 and maybe uh, 315 uh-oh. or something like that and yeah and I said well you know what I'm not going to go back to Columbia that's just not going to happen I'm not I don't know what I'm going to do but I'm not going to go back to Columbia South Carolina <laughs> and so I did I mean I was just, I was going to go back I could because if I went back I could go back and lie and tell right. I'm in right I'm into that I didn't know, but I wasn't going to go back just to tell that lie. And so I stayed in Atlanta and ended up getting a tailoring job and then started dabbling, dabbling 
dabbling around in comedy, and it just paid off for me. It's amazing. And then you made the big move to Hollywood, and and your big break was with, of all people, at the Arsenio Hall show. How did that? How did that oh, job come man. about? That was just. It's just like luck. Things just happened. Uh, one of my buddies was writing for the Arsenio Hall show, and he invited me to come over there. And so, being in the back room and, and watch uh, how they put the monologue together, he suggested that I write some jokes. I wrote some jokes, and I'm Arsenio. And I got a job. But I was like the worst. I was. I still am the worst speller in the world. So I had a, I had somebody to type for me. And this was before fax. Mm-hmm. So kind of get, I would call my jokes in to this lady. I'd get up early in the morning, and I'd go over to her house, and I'd pick the jokes up, and I'd turn them in. So now that would all be avoided now because you could call a text. And you print out, and that would save right. you a whole lot of time. But and you have spell check now, too. Those things didn't exist. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I remember. We're going back. That's right. I, people today don't know yeah. how they would have survived back in the day. No, these kids have it so easy. If they want a song, all they got to do is download it. Yep. I remember we went to the store. If we wanted music, we went to the store, and we bought it. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember? We, we had to go to the library and look up a book also, and actually, you know. Yeah, yeah. Look in the Dewey Decimal System and find it. That's you know it. You that's know it. that's yeah. archaic now for sure. Well, clearly yeah. the Arsenio Hall show was just the beginning because your comedy career took off like crazy. And I was going to ask you do do you see a big change from a comedy back in the eighties till today? I oh mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more kids now. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere in the internet. With the internet, everybody has become a star because of the you know, right, followers. You consider you're a star. Yeah. But sometimes followers don't don't register into dollars, so uh, it, it it can be it can be good and it can be bad. Right. You know because uh, people who follow you are not necessarily in the market where you are to go come out and buy tickets. Mm-hmm. Right. So it can be good and could be bad, but there's so many of comedians out there. But the more the merrier. I mean, I think it's good. I mean. It's basically a bunch of people following their dream. I wanted to be a comedian, so I'm not trying to behold anybody else who wanted to do what I was doing. Right, and I think in terms of today, social media is a great way to promote, right, and get your get the word oh, out. Of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, to get the word out and, and, and let people know what you're doing. But then there's a, you can be an internet star mm-hmm. and you can be a stage star, and just because you're funny on the internet, right, it don't mean you can handle the stage. Those are two different things. Well, wasn't it Dane Cook who became so well known first on the on YouTube or on the internet before he actually? He, he, yeah, he did. But the difference was Dane Cook was a, a quote unquote stand up comedian. He wasn't a guy in his living room putting Put, together <laughs> about how his mom's fried bacon. Right. And that could be real funny if you're downloading the clip. But when you go when you book yourself in the comedy club. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? Exactly, you know, it's true. Totally, all day long. It, yeah, it's a whole different world. Well, how did? Let me ask it's you. A whole different. World. How did the? How did you end up um, with Tom Joyner? How did that whole job come around? Were you well, guys after, friends? After I did Death Jam, after I did Death Jam, um, they were putting on the Tom Joyner show. People uh, who who had who had performed on Death Jam and had like a set that seemed to be like where it stood out. Right. You know, for instance, Steve Harvey had a great set, and Bernie Mac had a great set, and Adele Gibbons some more, you know, and the list goes on and on. 
So the people who kind of like had like a real quote-unquote hot set, Tom was booking them on his show as a guest. So he booked me on his show as a guest. And from that, um, from the first time I was on his show, I said, man, I'd like to have a job. I was already already doing radio for free. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing I tell people. If it's something you want to do and you want to become good at it, find some place you can do it for free. First of all, you got to have a passion for it. Right. But if you find a place that you can do it for free, free kind of gets you in the door. Mm-hmm. Free gets you in. So I, I, I was doing a radio show in L.A. for free, and I told Tom I'd like to be on your show for free. And I could do these. <laughs> <laughs> I could do. I could do these song parodies, and he let me come on and do the song parodies, and we just kind of hit it off in terms of being able to play off one another. Now he likes to say, "I showed up one day and I never left." But, <laughs> <you know. laughs> well, for <laughs> his, it worked out. Yeah, it worked out. Now, along this way, when you were out here and you were starting the comedy, is that when you began the acting career as well? Did the acting sort of just come from the comedy and the stand-up? Yeah, every, everything, uh, everything that I've ever received in terms of acting was probably, I mean, it wasn't probably, it's basically because somebody saw me as a stand-up comedian. Right. Which is why and we're at a, we at a uh, point now in terms of why rappers get movie parts, Comedians get movie parts, singers get movie parts, Mm -hmm. and sometimes actors don't. Well, one of the reasons is because they have a fan base. Right. You know, you've got a a rapper who has a song that has sold two million hits. A producer said, you know, I might put T.I. in my movie. Mm -hmm. Well, he's not a shot for the camera because he's done 1,200 videos. Right. So he knows his way around in front of the camera. You take a singer, you take a comedian. A comedian is a writer, producer, arranger. You put him in front of the camera, he he knows how to perform because that's what he does all the time. Mm-hmm. I.e. Kevin Hart, Eddie Murphy, you know, and the list goes on and on. So for me, comedy was a stepping stone for me to do acting. You know, people right. would see me in uh, doing stand-up and they say, well, this guy might be good for that movie. And that's how I, especially with Drumline, that's how I got Drumline. Well, because the producer saw stand-up and he thought that'd be good for the movie. Well, you remember, Jay, in the, in the 80s, that was sort of the, that was the, the format. You know, all the comedians were, would be discovered, say, at the comedy store or whatever. It seems like everyone got, right. a, got a sitcom deal. You know, people, yeah. You, you know. if you look back in the 80s and even the early to mid-90s, you're surprised sometimes at how many people had shows, even if they were short-lived, they, they got a deal, you know. I mean, you could go, you could go Dick Van Dyke, Mary Tyler Moore, you could go, um, Bob Newhart, you could go Johnny Carson, you could go on and on and on. Um, um, Robin Williams, you could go Watch out there now. Jonathan Winters. Hey, who's birthdays at? People with birthdays, I mean. Oh. Oh, all of a sudden your your website popped on. Okay. Jay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> JayAnthonyBrown.com. All right. So but, the list goes on and on in terms of comics. You know, Bob Hope and, um, the, Jerry Lewis, these are comics. You know, people don't know the reason why the Marx Brothers were so good when they did their movies. They were a vaudeville act, and they, they'd done those skits for years. Mm-hmm. They would go around the country and do those skits for years. So when it came time for them to do it in the movie, they had it down pat. Same thing with the Three Stooges. Right. They were a vaudeville act. So it, does, it, it, it paid off for me, and it pays off for a lot of comics. You know, you get seen in these clubs. 
because we have uh, we have an ability, we have an advantage over um, actors that actors don't have. Right. A comic can be on stage somewhere every night, and you might be seen by a lighting guy, you might be seen by a producer, you might be seen by somebody from craft services and say, "Hey, I just saw this guy last night. He's funny." Well, actors sometimes don't have that luxury. No, we don't. The only time they get seen is when they're going for an audition or if they're in something. And a lot of those things can be fine. And it it gives you a whole sense of uh, p- control and a little more power over your career too. You're not just sitting by the phone waiting. Definitely, f- you know. definitely. I mean, one of the things that we could, as comedians, we're not sitting there worrying about if I don't get a role, I'm not going to eat. Right. As a comedian, especially if you're an established comic, if you don't get a role, you can go to Nantucket and tell jokes, mm-hmm. or you can go to Cleveland and you go. You know, so you can do the circuit. Right. So you get to eat, and by eating, it helps you build up a fan base. Well, now let me ask you: Are you at a point where you still have to audition for stuff, or do a lot of most of your acting stuff? Yeah, is it... I don't. I'll, I'll audition. For, uh, I haven't got any a lot of auditions, but yeah, I'll go audition. Yeah. I have any problem with audition are you... because it's not that for me as a comic and most comics. If I go to audition, I'm not going to say, well, if I get this role, I can get my dry cleaning out, or I can do this, or I can do that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, it's, you know, I, Well, you're, I not de- you're not desperate, you yeah. Yeah, you're not desperate. You, you know, you don't have to turn around back and go, you guys don't call me, and then the rule of Hollywood, if they don't call you, you didn't get it. Yeah, exactly. If they don't call you, you didn't get it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, now, you know, we do all these self-tapes, thank God. A lot of the auditions, we can... Put yourself on tape wherever you are. Yeah, and send it in. Yeah. Send it in, yeah. and then you still don't hear anything. So <laughs> the rule still stands. Yep. If you don't get an email, if we don't get an email back, then it didn't go your way. Yeah. <laughs> well, who? Let me ask you. Growing up, well, when you were first starting in comedy, were you like a Richard Pryor fan? Did you have a George Carlin, or who no. was your? No. Who were your iconic sort of uh, mentors? Or uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be. I would love to watch Jonathan Winters when you were oh. Johnny Carson. Oh, yes. Jonathan Winters. Uh, there's a comic by the name of Jackie Green, and there's Check. another comic by the name of Sid Caesar. Now, the reason I love those comics is because they did dialogue. Yes. They would talk. Like, Sid Caesar could do German, and the Ivanishian, that's just garbage. But the fact that he could do that, I was very impressed. Jonathan Winters just had this improbability, and, and, um, and Sid Caesar mm-hmm. just did skits, you know, and did characters and stuff like that. And I love that type of comedy. I didn't find out about prior to years later, you know. Right. Well, I can can I name drop a little bit? Shecky Green is my neighbor in Palm yeah. Springs. He lives next near me in Palm Springs, and he's like. Are you kidding me? In fact, he's selling his. He's moving back to Las Vegas, but um, I've always been a huge fan of his as well. I mean, I think. I am the biggest. <laughs> Green fan. I'm the biggest black Shecky Green fan. Oh, I love that. You should have a T-shirt. You should have a T-shirt that says that. I'm the the biggest black Shecky Green fan. No, he he's a great guy. But like you said, he's a real throwback to that whole Brat Pack and the '50s and the days of when Vegas was really Vegas before it was Disneyland. He would come on Carson. He would sit down. He'd do a, 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 an Indian accent. Or he, I mean, he was just amazing. Um, uh, and just I would just watch these guys. I'm like, man, I wish I could do that. Right. Well, he's, and from being on the Tom Turner show, I, I just was able to do it. 
Uh, yeah, you work. get to do all these different voices and, and characters. Yes. <laughs> which is great, right? It's just like right up your alley. Well, let me ask you, how how was it working on in the, the Ricky Smiley show, the sitcom on TV One? You've done a lot of sitcoms. That was great. Yeah. That was great. I guess the, the hardest part for that was the next day we had to get up and go to work. Right. You still had your other job. Yeah. We, we still had, we both had radio jobs. <laughs> and then I wasn't the star, so I couldn't leave early. Ricky right. could. Right. You know? <laughs> you guys shot that in Atlanta, right? Because that's where his show is. Yeah. Yeah. But and, it was better than if I had been doing the show in L.A. because then in L.A. I could show we get up at 2 o'clock. Three hours. Ooh, ouch. That's tough. Yeah. Now tell well, it's me. Something you get used to. Well, yeah. Tell me about this line of products that you also have. You have hot sauces. Tell everybody I, what else you I have. I have my own hot sauce. If you like hot sauce, like gourmet hot sauce, hot sauce, it sells for like seven dollars a bottle. Some of it sells for ten. But J. Anthony Brown is on hotterthanamofo dot com and <laughs> order it. And I have a banana, pepper, cayenne, garlic. And the ever fire hotter than the Wow, and I love it. Selling online, and I'm having. Um, shortly I'll be getting it in Winn Dixie stores. Those are southern stores. Oh, I know Winn Dixie. Yes. Yeah. So if you know Winn Dixie, then you know Colonial, then you know Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly. That's right. And <laughs> and do, what about Publix? Publix is that still around? Publix, yeah. Publix is fairly new. Yeah. Well, well so I, I should be getting in the. Win Dixie, it's already in Wayfield Foods. It's a, a store chain in Atlanta that have about ten stores, and I have it in Specs in Houston, and you sell it online. Wow. Well, let me ask you something. In today's climate of comedy, as well, it, do you find that it's harder now? Everybody, you can't. You have to try to be PC because it seems like everybody's having to apologize for something every other day, or. I know it's different when you're on the in the club circuit as opposed to being on television, because in the clubs anything goes. I mean, you know, but it seems like I think, I, I think you have to. I mean, from doing a radio show, right? I mean, I I know there's certain things I can't say. There's times I'll think of a joke and I say, "Well, I better not say that. <laughs> I better." That club. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole different atmosphere. See, on this on yeah, this network, no. you can but say whatever you want. Day, I don't think they could make the movie Blazing Saddle. Now, right, you're right. But then you see a movie like Ted, mm-hmm. and Ted insults everybody. And right. It's a very movie. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I just think, yeah, because you see comedians will make, you know, Whoopi, Raven Simone, people on these panel shows, they... they they kind of step in it, as Whoopi says, and then they have to. Everyone wants them to apologize. I always think if you if you say it, just own it, you know. And I think funny is funny, okay. and yeah, it's always comedians' jobs. I think a lot of times to to point out things to people anyway. For instance, I remember, I remember um, George Collins doing a joke, and the joke was uh, about having a hot water heater. <laughs> was a joke. Well, his joke was hot water doesn't need to be heated. So people stop saying the word hot water heater and they start saying water heater. Now, I don't know if he changed that or not. I remember the joke and I remember that people don't say it anymore. Right. That's a good point. I never thought about that. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, are you? Let me ask you this: Or were you? Are you a Bill Cosby fan? Or uh, you probably have talked about this before? Oh, I was a huge Bill Cosby. I bought his. I bought his records. Mm. I'd be in the back of the class. He had this bit about you know going down the hill and the buckboard or whatever, you know, making their music. And then, 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 you know, in the back of the class. And then you start to read stuff about Bill Cosby. It's not too favorable, and so it just changes your it changes your it changes your perspective of him. You know, yeah. It's just hard to imagine fifty six women getting together and lying on one guy. I know, I know. It, you know, and you don't you don't want to you don't want to believe it. You you know you know, you don't want it to be true. But there's a certain amount of truth in it, mm-hmm. you know? yeah. And it's, it's sad because I guess one of the things is Bill Cosby was the biggest comedian in the world, right? In well, I'm in the United States and TV and TV star, but even back with I Spy, the you know, TV star, the biggest record star, the biggest performing. I mean, just big. Yeah, you know, I can't even imagine that big. I know he was huge. He was selling out arenas, four thousands. People were paying seventy-five and eighty dollars to see Bill Cosby, and wow! And then the bottom just fell out. It's like it's a made-for-TV movie. It's gonna be a movie. Well, let um, me add, let you know. A lot of people say throughout the years there were already grumblings and rumors. Did you hear that throughout the years on the? Oh yeah, and, yeah. I've always heard rumors that Bill yeah. Cosby a touchy-feely top guy. And mm-hmm. if you were in show business, you heard that. Yeah, touchy-feely. Anybody in show business, and I don't know how long you've been in show business, but if you've been in show business, <laughs> you've heard he's a touchy-feely type guy. Yeah. And by that I mean, you know, there were there were rumors that, you know, mm-hmm. he was a touchy-feely type guy. <laughs> well, it's it's such a dichotomy that he ends up on, you know, his Cosby show is just such the iconic perfect father, you know, perfect guy. And so, you but know. But you know what? It was, if two things, if Bill Cosby had done them, two things, mm-hmm. if he had been, say, if he had been the biggest ladies, man, just a straight out whore. Right. If he had been just a whore. And if he hadn't preached to anybody. Yeah. So, not only was he, you know, quote unquote, raping people, you know, which is allegedly. Allegedly. He was preaching to everybody about the do's and don'ts of life. Right. It's like, just shut up. It's like those preachers, you know, ministers. They are always the first ones that are yeah. protesting, and then they are the first. You know, because Bill went after, he was big on the rappers, remember? He was constantly. Oh, he's big on the rappers. You need to pull your pants up. Pull your damn pants up. Yeah. yeah. And talking about not person and. Right. It was like so hypocritical. It was so hypocritical. And so that was the thing. If he had come up where he was just, quote unquote, just, you know, a womanizer and he kept his mouth shut, you know, I don't think it would be as bad. Because that would be something you could own up to. Mm-hmm. You can't own up rape. Right. You just can't. You know, that's something you can say, hey, I had a weakness for women. I cheated on my wife. You know, only person I own an apology to is her. You know, how you guys are judging me? But, dude, this is, um, we thought, and this is rape. Yeah. And and the worst part, well, I mean, he's sort of caught between a, you know, a rock and a hard place. It's hard for him to really 
say anything, but do you think he eventually will have to sit down and talk about it, or is he just going to let this play out? I, and I've heard people say that, I mean, because, you know, his whole lifestyle has changed. Mm-hmm. He can't go anywhere. Where can he go? I know. He can't go anywhere. There's nowhere he can go. Right. He's so recognizable, you know. I mean, I could go in the mall. Bill Cosby can't go. He can't. He no. can't go anywhere. Right. He can't go anywhere. He can't do anything. He, nobody's going to book him. Mm-hmm. So, the, 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 you know, like uh, from the end, around, uh, say, what, what, four or five months ago, he was at least, you know, getting things, and there was a, a small uh, number of people that would come out to see him. He had that. But that's gone. That's gone, and, you know, yeah. As a comedian, you miss that stage, man. I know, right? You miss that stage. You know, because, you know, it could be to the point where, okay, I'm a womanizer. I apologize. Let me tell you about that. But you can't. There's no way you can rape and knock your women out and have sex with them. There's no way you can make that funny. No. If you're, if you're the person being accused of it. Right. Now, comedians are having a field day with their time. Are you are you using in your act too? Oh yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, yeah. Now let me ask you: Are you are you into politics at all? Do you follow? Is that something you're? A little bit, a little. So yeah, you're big, much, you're a big know? Donald Trump fan, I guess, right? I think Donald <laughs> Trump has just changed the game. I just, you know, yeah. every comedian should send Donald Trump a check. Thank you. He, he has just like he has stepped it up. He has put life into this into this <laughs> it's amazing and the isn't it arena was just dull you now you're looking at the republicans you've got 17 people maybe eight people running they're still signing up oh yeah chris christie chris christie who was supposed to be the darling of the republicans last year made the stupidest mistake they were going to give it to him last year mm-hmm. he had it uh, what lock stock and barrel had it he wanted he didn't want to associate with um, who's the guy who ran last year? Uh, uh, um, uh, Romney. Yeah, Romney. He didn't want to associate with Romney. His attitude was, "I'll wait for a bigger piece." Well, then you know, Gate comes out, and that sinks his boat. Mm-hmm. Now he's playing catch up to Donald Trump. Donald Trump is saying just what the Republicans have always said. Right. Said it from day one, and it's like he's the only guy, which is why everybody likes him. It's like he's got the whole to say what we want to be said. He's his own man. He doesn't have to bow down to anybody. And so when you have that, all the other Republicans are stuff. Right. Well, you like, know, he he's at the party. he's saying what all the Republicans used to say behind closed doors. He's just saying it out, right. out loud now, yeah. right? He's just screaming it out. But I mean, I I know it's the first time I'm I'll be watching the Republican debates tomorrow night. I, in, I the, in the past, I, I couldn't give a damn one way or the other. But <laughs> yeah, but just to see a party imploding on themselves mm-hmm. from last year. Forty-nine percent, something. Yes. And now, you know, and, and now uh, Trump is going to think him. The attitude toward gays and women's rights and abortion and Hispanics and black. You you can't win when you have a party that talks like that. You just cannot win. There's no win. When, it's so divisive in terms of you've divided. You got your small core of 
Right. The world itself has changed. Right. And it's, it's amazing that they can't see it. They just cannot see it. I wouldn't it be great if he and Christy just got in a fist fight? Because, <laughs> you know, Christy, Christy was the loud mouth before Trump. Everyone thought he was going to be the... He was the first, and he, that's the weird part about it. Donald Trump stole his loud mouth <laughs> yep, he did, didn't he? He did. Christie barely made the cut to even get in the debate this time. He barely made it. I mean, it's amazing. I love how they're doing like that the the A team and the B team. You know, they're putting on the the first seven or whatever earlier, and then the the the, the stars later on. And then, got, and then you got Bobby Dimple down there, who is a minority in himself. Oh. It's like, and then you got Dr. Ben Carson, who is is another minority. It's like. It's amazing, right? It's a, it's like a, a clusterfuck, but I can't wait to see it. Yeah, are you a, are you a Hillary Clinton fan? Yeah, I like Hillary, but I like Hillary because you know, in terms of she, she sees, she sees though, she sees the country as it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can't anybody up there saying that they don't see gays, they don't see women's rights, they don't see voters' rights, they don't see blacks, they don't see Hispanics. You can't have, I just couldn't find myself voting for somebody or a party that thinks that way. Exactly. Donald Trump is like hanging all their laundry out to dry. And they're, they, they try to shish him and it just ain't working. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Hillary would be the, the best, the greatest president in the world, but she sees that the world has changed. Right. It's changed. You got, you know, gay rights, it's a part of America now. Mm-hmm. So, um, race mission is a part of America, you know. Uh, abortion, nobody wants to put that back. You're not going to take that right from women. No. You know, you got all these people who are unhealthy. Health care is very important. How can you have a, a, a part of it where everybody should for themselves. No. Well, that's where I think Obama's... uh, Obama doesn't get the... I got my attitude, so that might be the attitude that they're taking. Yeah, well, that's where I think Obama doesn't get the credit he deserves for all the things he has accomplished. Obama turned out to be a great president. Fantastic. A really great president. I mean, that's what's been a lot Hello. If 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 he had done nothing, if all he had done is kill his his ass, that would be fine right there, right? <laughs> forget no, forget Obama, health care. He took Osama bin Laden out the night he was doing the presidential party while he was roasting Trump and killing uh, Bin Laden at the same time. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, let's forget health care, you know, don't ask, don't tell, gay marriage. Don't you know. ask, don't tell, gays' rights. I mean, come on. Just, that's the way, that's, that's America. I know. And we're, you no, know. Sometimes I, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, it, but it, it's 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 sad in a way that we're still, it seems, completely divided 50-50 down the, down the center, you know, between oh, between the two parties. Right. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you kind of get the feeling that, the Republicans, I don't know what it is, they feel that they're more American than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. We're all Americans. Exactly. Yeah, we're the, most, we're the most American people 
nobody's more American than us because we believe in killing small animals and <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And if you, yeah, because, and God forbid you criticize anything in the country, the Republicans call you uh, unpatriotic. You know, you can't criticize yeah, anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you, so what's coming up on the tour? I know you're always out. What's your next, uh, where are you touring next? Well, we're, uh, my radio show is in about seven or eight markets. And so what I'm doing now is that we're, we're going around to all the markets that we're in, and we're doing these the J-Spot, J-Spot, J's around J-Spot day parties and comedy show, and I'll do a comedy show. Uh, uh, when I go to different towns, I have this character you can go on my website and see him called Mopo Man, <laughs> and Mopo Man <laughs> is a hot sauce guy, and we do these hotter than a Mopo hot sauce eating, um, wing eating contest. So I'm doing that, and I hope to get more movies. I just finished taping uh, a show and I'm trying to pitch to television. The name of the show is called Doing It With My Ex. It's we take ex couples. It's the um, just the opposite of the newlywed game. Uh, oh, you know, it's a real it's a reality show. Like, like a, no, it's a game uh, show. Like a game yeah. show. Yeah. Okay. So we, yeah, we ask people questions about the relationship when they. Hello. Oh shoot! Well, there that. That was go- well. Anyway, that's the wonderful J. Anthony Brown. So I don't know if we'll get him back, but everyone, please check out uh, JAnthonyBrown dot com, and you'll see all the links to the Tom Joyner show, uh, his radio show on the weekends, his J Spot clubs, all of his tour dates, um, and all that stuff. So again, we can't thank you enough, uh, J. Anthony Brown. He's a true veteran, keeping it real, and we're honored that he joined us today. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some hot topics and wrap it up. You're listening to One on One with Jasper Cole. I've been waiting on the sunset, bills on my mindset. I can't deny they're getting higher, higher than my income. Incomes, breadcrumbs. I've been trying to survive. The glow that the sun gets right around sunset helps me realize that this is just a journey. Drop your worries. You are going to turn out fine. Oh, you turn out fine. Fine. Oh, you turn out fine. But you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down, hey. You gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down, hey. I know it's hard, no, it's hard to remember sometimes. But you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down, hey, 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 hey. I got my hands in my pockets, kicking these rocks. It's kinda hard to watch this life go by. I'm buying into skeptics, skeptics mess with the confidence in my eyes. I'm seeing all the angles, thoughts get tangled. I start to compromise my life and my purpose. Is it all worth it? Am I gonna turn out fine? Oh, you turn out fine. Fine, oh, you turn out fine. But you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down. Head down, hey. 
again and it's a circle circling around again it comes around again i said only rainbows after rain the sun will always come again and it's a circle circling around again it comes around but you gotta keep your head up oh and you can let your head down hey you gotta keep your head up oh and you can let your head down hey i know it's hard We're back one on one with Jasper Cole. All right, here we are in the last stretch. Here, everyone, thanks for tuning back into one on one with Jasper Cole. And I'm joined by again Dominic Friesen and John Williams. Hey, guys, hey, hey, such a great interview with Jansen. Oh, I know I could talk to him forever. I've been a fan forever. I because I love you know, he's just got he must have so many stories about mm-hmm. being in the clubs back in the 80s. And he's when, done it, seen it, yeah, seen it all basically. I mean, especially. I didn't really get into this, and I really wanted to talk about the urban clubs versus, you know, because it's, it's interesting how there still is, thankfully, a, a very strong urban mm-hmm. co- comedy circuit, and then there's the more, should we just say, Caucasian, and then there's the few that cross over, you know what I mean? But the- and and his, his club here in L.A. is, I, mean, I don't know if you've ever been, but it's really kind of the, the cornerstone, cornerstone. of urban comedy right. in Los Angeles. Because when you talk Def Jam and uh, Kings of, you know, Bernie Mac and Steve Harvey and Joe Torre, I mean, all those guys were, um, but that's what I was sort of talking about. You didn't see a lot of those guys get their sitcoms mm-hmm. on the network. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that, but mm-hmm. we we got enough in about other stuff. So um, I just want to try his hot sauce. Hot, hotter than a mofo. <laughs> you got to try it. <laughs> Well, you know, with all of our stomach issues, we all said we have really sensitive stomachs, so I think we'd have to just probably lay down afterwards. But um, I just wanted to quickly talk about this whole fiasco at Bobby Christina's funeral. Did you see that trash? Well, I I think we kind of expected something to go down. Mm -hmm. We really did because the families have been fighting all along. And it's unfortunately a lot about the money. Right. It's always um, been about the money, hasn't it? It's been about the money. It's been about you know the legacies, and there's there's split between obviously um, Nick, who's being pros- uh, investigated, investigated for alleged possible misuse murder charges. or whatever, um, and he stole. He used a lot of her money, apparently. Correct, correct. Um, I think that story is going to unfold, and I think with it, a lot of things that have not surfaced yet are going to mm-hmm. unfold and i think it's really going to well, be apparently Bra- bobby brown's sister is ready to tell all she she didn't have a problem going to the cameras can we get her on the show that's the one <laughs> we really need to talk to because and, you know we, I there's, read, yeah i read that bobby is really distraught that he didn't force bobby christina into rehab now well yeah. i mean look they've all i'm sure they're all second guessing and, but and Bobby, I don't think it's really in a position. I was so. going to say, isn't that sort of like <laughs> to voice an the opinion pot about calling well, the kettle black? I, well, I mean. that's what's really interesting about it is like that's what the headlines are saying these days. It's like, but even just as interesting, and, and I, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, we're going to 
see it play out on TMZ. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think what just came out today in the Hollywood Reporter is the New Yorkers that's going to do the tell-all, basically, going to pull the curtain back on Harvey Levin and TMZ. And there's been a lot of questions on how they're getting so much insider legal information. A lot of documents are, are surfacing that, that shouldn't be surfacing. Right. Um, the picture's gone for a hundred thousand just for what, the picture. Bobby Christina. Yeah. Well, how do you think? How do you think Harvey Levin's gonna? You think he's, he's scared. He's yeah, because I mean Harvey's got the reputation for. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing about TMZ, they rarely ever get sued because they, with his legal background, they right? Cr- they always they corroborate everything and dot their eyes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I can tell you from experience, there's you know because basically you know TMZ and the weeklies, um, they all have offices down down at the courthouse, right? So they all have access to the documents. But for some reason, TMZ all gets them first, first before anybody else because of Harvey. I mean, I was breaking a story with the Cage family, and we actually um, basically what you do is you send the runner down that files the documents. They get a they get the code, and then that's what we give. Um, the editor who we have exclusive with to pull up the documents and do their story. I'm exclusive of People Magazine. Come on, cameras. They're, they're, um, <laughs> and prior, I mean, so we sat there. We had the runner. They called, you know, gave us the the, the code for the um, for the file. TMZ had their story up before you could even before People Magazine could even pull the file in the record system. Wow. Well, this is a story. How did that happen? Well, I want to keep on top of that one with the New Yorker mm-hmm. for sure, because yeah. I think that'll be maybe we should get someone on around that. That'd be interesting. I, I, I we're working on. The, we're working. We're, we're working on the the writer. The writer. Yes. that would be great. Well, I think I can't believe it. You know, I'm so used to doing a two hour show, but this is, goes so fast. It so does. everyone, thank you again for joining us. Uh, follow us on Twitter, one on one J Cole. And a great guest next week. So stay tuned. Yeah, we'll we'll surprise you with that. Mm-hmm. We do have a big, great guest coming up next week. And thanks to Dominic. We have all these wonderful guests. And JW, thanks for all your sure hard work. And everyone, thanks for tuning in. We will see you back next week, same time, same place. Peace out. Thank you. Thanks for checking out One on One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.